0: In Sunday school, we have uh, just begun a series in 1 Corinthians. And uh, our text today is from 1 Corinthians. Um, I just want to commend that to you. Um, the words of institution that um, the Apostle Paul received or communicated to us in chapter 11. And I would remind you of those verses this morning in preparation for the Lord's table. I would encourage you, those of you who are in Christ, to examine your hearts and so prepare your hearts to come uh, in the presence of the Lord and to commune with Him. We have much to be thankful for. And then for those of you who are visiting with us, if you are members in uh, Evangelical Church in good standing and you love the Lord from the heart and you're trusting in Him alone for your salvation is offered in the Gospel, uh, we invite you to join us at this table. If you love the Lord and are trusting in Him and are in good standing, we welcome you. And um, we come to Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, just before those words of institution as expressed by the Apostle Paul. We have um, recorded for us uh, some matters leading up to those words of institution for there had been some disruption in the uh, Corinthian church with regard to their understanding of the Lord's table and of communion. And uh, he writes to them in uh, chapter 10 and verse 14, hear then the word of the Lord. Chapter 10, verse 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body For we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. One way you might put that also, the cup of the world. Not drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? And may God then add His blessing to the reading of His holy and precious Word. The context of these verses leading up to the words of institution with regard to the celebration of the Lord's table and communion uh, in the Corinthian church, uh, it's very interesting that here the Apostle Paul addresses um, those things um, that these Corinthians have been engaged in as far as the world is concerned and their relationship to the Lord's table is not the life that you live daily, is it not connected to the table that you're come coming to today? Is your life that you're living in the world? Is it not connected to the table of the Lord? Well the table it is acknowledgement of communion. We oftentimes not only call it the Lord's table, but we call it communion. And why do we call it communion? Because that's that's what it is. It 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 is the church's uh, institution ordained by the Lord Himself to show forth our relationship and our trust to Him and He to us. It's in some sense that simple. Many have made the Lord's table very complicated in these days. That which is given to us by the Lord, a cup and bread to show forth His sacrificial work on our behalf. Many today in their thinking have now called the simple table an altar. I don't think the Lord's table is set upon an altar Is it? And then, almost with some superstition and some magic-like idea, many in their thinking have taken the elements that are here on this table, the juice, the wine, the bread, ordinary elements that are designed to show forth the sacrifice of the Lord and to remind us and for us to commune with the Lord in a concentrated and specific way as He's commanded us. And He's promised that as we do in its simplicity, that He will be with us and we will fellowship with Him. But there are those who say these elements somehow mysteriously, when you eat it and you drink it, turn into the body of Jesus Christ. That's odd, isn't it? Uh, it is, it is, Amen. <laughs> that, that 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 is odd, isn't it? Um, that there are those who have so designed an understanding of the table and created superstition around the table. Matter of fact, that that's a little all thinking, isn't it? That's a big stretch, isn't it? A big leap. To say that when you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ drink of this cup and you eat this bread this morning, that it is the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Or as many others say, it turns into the actual body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and Christ is infused into you. Listen, Christ is not infused into us by our celebration of His table each time we come. Listen, my dear friends, we are made whole through the sacrifice of Christ and by faith and trust in Him alone For salvation is offered in the gospel. And these elements are, are not to infuse His grace in us or His saving work in us. But this table is a table of remembrance. You do show forth the Lord's death until He comes. And why do we celebrate it in our worship and our time together and regard it because it is the Lord who instituted it. And He instituted it in simplicity and in beauty. And so when you come here to Fellowship Presbyterian Church, you are coming and you have a little cup and it's juice and you're going to drink it and you're going to have a little piece of bread and that bread, but it's not unimportant because it is set set apart to show forth that which Christ has done for you. And by your coming, you acknowledge your relationship to Him. And guess what? It's not just an outward celebration because in it, the Lord has promised His presence with us as we partake. One of the most joyous times of communion that we have with Christ and with one another is when we come to this table. It should be a table of remembrance It should be a table of celebration. It should be a a table of examining our own hearts and confessing before the Lord between us and Him. Lord, forgive. Lord, help. Lord, lead. Lord, give what is needed. Lord, help me to trust You as I ought to and live as I ought to as a believer. When you come to this table, He communes. He has promised to commune with you and you with Him. And we commune together. What is communion? What is communion? Communion is a simple word that we express for the Lord's table. And it's made up of the base word of union. Uh, this table expresses our union with Christ. Uh, it, it, it expresses uh, that we belong to Christ and He belongs to us. That we have a living and personal relationship with Him who has saved us. And it is indeed is personal. And then the little word come communion. The little word com just seems with. Communion with. Well, communion with what or who? Well, communion with Christ. Between you and Him and the beauty of that relationship but it not only expresses our, our, our union with Christ, but it also expresses our union with one another as believers. My dear friends, in order for you to come to communion table today, truly, you must have true union with Christ. Without union to Christ in the gospel, that has been proclaimed to you, without that personal relationship with Him living and alive, you have no communion at this table. But also, guess what? Communion also means union with God's people. It means that we have a common bond among us who are here in Christ Christ. And that we are not only bound to Christ in His love for us and our calling to Him as His children, but we have been called into a living relationship of union with His body. The church is oftentimes called the body of Christ. My dear friends, what does, what does that union look like? and i would say we cannot have we cannot have union with christ until our lives have been brought to christ in a saving relationship there can be no more fundamental element that is required at the lord's table than that you have come to christ in the gospel and that you have Put your faith and trust in Him alone, for salvation is offered in the Gospel. And that you have made that commitment to the Lord. And more importantly, that you recognize spiritually that it is the Lord who has called you to Himself and has put His Spirit of life within you by regeneration. And that now you call Him your Lord and your Savior, the One who has called you to Himself and the One to whom you are trusting with all of your life this day. My dear friends, that is communion, and without communion, and without union—I'll put it without union in Christ, in salvation, in the gospel—we have no communion. Can I also say to you, there's a second part to this element too, that without proper union to the body of Christ, His Church there is no union. There is no communion without that union to the body of Christ. And listen, so many today are struggling with regard to their relationship to the church. They proclaim a union with Christ, but they treat the church as nothing. And I say to you, that is a dangerous position to be in. If you have not settled In your heart of hearts, your relationship with Christ, I exhort you to do so today. Simply, just call upon the name of the Lord. And He is merciful to save, is He not? All of us here are sinners. (laughs) All of us. Saved by the righteous one. Saved by the one Christ. And we come to this table acknowledging that. That in Christ alone, we have life. Forgiveness of our sins and the hope of life to come. But we also declare when we come to this table in communion that we are at one with the body of Christ. We are bound to His church and we have fellowship with one another as a church. And there are many who who come and they have to honestly confess we have no relationship with the church. Amen? I'm not, not trying to be mean spirited just simply to say, many enjoy claiming the name of Christ as Christian, but as far as any relationship or commitment to a local church, they have none. What do you think? We're celebrating communion. We are declaring that we have communion with Christ and He with us. And we are also declaring that, Lord, my heart is right with Your church. My heart is right with Your people. (laughs) My communion is with Your people. And Lord, I identify and have become a part of Your people in a very practical and living way. Have you? So many are floundering today without commitment. And I have to say, I think that it affects their ability to have communion. Would you agree with that? Don't waste your time. The Lord only gives you one life. And many people declare that they love the Lord, but by their actions, they declare that they have no time for the church. Or at best, it's second place, or third place, or fourth place and their priorities in their life. God, forgive us. He who loves me will keep my commandments. He who loves me will love my people and will not abandon their time or their commitment to Christ in any other way. I think in the lives of many in our culture today, Christ has actually become second place, if not somewhere further, even down the priority list. I think about what the life of Christ's church could be if people would understand what this passage of Scripture is teaching. And Paul is declaring, he's declaring that life and communion with the Lord Jesus Christ Is pitted against uh, the communion of this world. That communion with this world is idolatry. Quite a passage. Before you read chapter 11 next time about the elements of communion, I exhort you to read chapter 11, (laughs) uh, chapter 10, I'm sorry, and look at those elements and the content of which the Apostle Paul is declaring about the table and about the fellowship of believers in the life of His church. Well, there, there are many ways to have fellowship with, uh, with the Lord. They are expressed in so many different ways. Um, we know that, again, the primary way in which our relationship to the Lord is personal and expresses communion is that we have come to know Him as our Lord and Savior. Unmistakably, uh, what I find in the life of a believer that has been transformed by the work of the Spirit and the Gospel to come to Christ is that they don't mind declaring that to you. <laughs> As a matter of fact, uh, they have come to that point in which uh, they have sweet communion with the Lord. As a matter of fact, they speak to the Lord in prayer. You know the reality of prayer in your life? Personally? Prayer. Personally talking to the Lord. You know what that is and what it's like? Or somehow that's foreign to you. And then how does the Lord speak to us in communion with us? Well, He communes with us by His Word. He speaks to us in His Word. Has the Word of God ever spoken to you? Yes, the Scriptures are the only infallible rule of faith and practice whereby God speaks to His children. And my dear friends, do you know as you open your Bible that there the Lord is speaking to you? Do you know the sweetness of that fellowship? When you open it and you read those words in the Bible and it just springs off the page and it wraps your heart and you say, whoa, that's incredible. And the Lord speaks to your heart. Do you know the joy of that fellowship? The Lord speaking to you and the joy of you talking to Him. What is communion? Well, it means that we share many things with our Lord Jesus Christ. We have interaction with Him. And we uh, hold Him as dear in our hearts. We recognize our weakness and our need of Him. And we communicate to Him. And don't you love the Scriptures as Paul deals with it? Whereby we cry, Abba! father we call upon him as our father and the one that cares for our very soul you know the sweetness of that communion how else do you share communion with with christ well one of the things that we share communion with christ is uh is his actions and his deeds and his ways As you open Scripture, you see Christ move among us and you see His heart. And do you ever desire, Lord, make me more like what You would have me to be? Lord, I look into Your Word and I see Your actions and I see Your ways and I see Your holiness and I see Your righteousness. Lord, and I desire that. I long for that. Lord, I desire communion with You. And that desire that's been put in your heart as far as holiness and righteousness is concerned is personal. It is the work of God in you drawing you to Himself to walk after Him. And my dear friends, what many don't find today is that attraction to Christ in a very living, personal way. Some of you talk to the Lord perhaps more than you do other people. (laughs) And that's a good thing, isn't that a joy to know the Lord in such a way that uh, that you are able to lay before Him all the matters and issues of your life? To know that you have the privilege to pray. Hebrews four, for we have a great High Priest, even Jesus Christ the righteous one, who has passed through the heavens, and He is one that has been tempted in every way as we are, yet He, without sin, let us therefore draw near to the throne of grace with boldness that we might find grace and help in time of need. Does not the Lord call you in your fellowship with Him? Does not He call you to turn to Him? And you might not think anybody hears, and you you might not see the results that you think, but my dear friends, nevertheless, you as a believer pour out your heart before God. And I do not believe that it is in vain when you do so. Well, how else do we share communion with Christ? Well, sometimes we share communion with Christ through His suffering. Now, if you know this fellowship, Peter says, The Lord has left you an example to follow in His steps. He who suffered for you that you might suffer in His stead. My dear friends, um, now there is a bittersweet communion here because we who trust in Him recognize that He suffered much for our sakes. And so therefore, we as believers who are in relationship with Him know His suffering. And we know what it means to suffer. And we think it no small thing to be identified with those things he suffered. And my dear friends, how many of one have you appealed to and sought to comfort in their suffering as a believer? Let me ask you a question. In in the fellowship of Christ, has the Lord so worked on your life that you look at things differently now? That you're able to look at your neighbor who is suffering something and it touches your heart? Have you found that to be true in your relationship with Christ? Now, for some reason, well, we know the reason. Well, for some reason, our hearts are turned toward God. And when somebody else suffers, all of a sudden we begin to suffer with them. Weep with those that weep. Rejoice with those that rejoice and fulfill the law of the love of Christ. Is it not the love of Christ at work in your heart when you identify with someone else who is suffering and you pray for them to your Father in whom you have communion with through Christ? My dear friends, uh, how many of you have deeply been burdened in your heart over the suffering of others? And for many of you, Uh, You can't bear to see it. You just have to intercede in some way. Lord, show me how to intercede. Show me how to help in this situation. Christians don't have that kind of heart, do they? That kind of communion with God? That kind of communion with their Lord? Sure you do. And you know it very well in your identification. I'll tell you another way in which we have communion with the Lord. It's when we see a sinful world and we see a world going its own way. Do you ever have the eyes of the Lord? Has your heart ever been grieved over unrighteousness in the world? Have you ever looked at it and said, "Lord, have mercy. This is not right. Has your heart ever been moved in that direction, not out of judgment, but just out of a broken-heartedness that the world has to reap the consequences of their sin? Have you ever heart, ever prayed for someone? and longed for them, for the Lord to turn their hearts away from their sin and to love Christ. Have you ever prayed for someone like that? Has the Lord given you eyes and a heart and a burden whereby you cry out to Him, Lord, have mercy. My dear friends, do you have communion with the Lord this morning? But I say to you finally, in the midst of those tears, we also have communion with the Lord in His joys, don't we? When the joy uh, of the Lord, one comes to repentance and faith toward Him, the angels in heaven rejoice. (laughs) And the Lord rejoices. And my dear friends, I tell you, what: there is nothing greater not only to share His suffering, But I tell you what, there's nothing greater than to share his joys. Because he who suffers for the Lord's sake will know the joy of the Lord. I tell you what, communion with the Lord is no small thing. It is no ordinary thing. These simple elements express what the Lord has done for us. and His promise to be with us and among us this morning in that communion. But we also express communion with one another when we come to the table. That was a little verse that, that I read. It says, and those who were believers conversed with one another. They had conversation with one another. I, I, boy, that I hit me. But all it said, these Christians had conversation with one another. I've watched some of you after church. And man, I try to, to keep up with all those conversations, but I just can't. I just can't do it. But I love it. I love it. Don't, don't you love it when you get together with God's people and you've worshipped and you've had communion around the Lord, and then you come together after service and you just begin to talk to each other and you begin to say, "This is what God is doing," or "This is what's happening in my life." Isn't it a joy to have a brother or a sister? in which to indeed converse with and have fellowship with. By the way, the name of our church is Fellowship Presbyterian Church. (laughs) I just want you to know that we declare at this table that we not only have fellowship with Christ, but that we have fellowship with each other. And we are called to share each other's life. And my dear friends, when we truly celebrate communion and we come to the table and we honor that relationship that is His in our lives, we also ask the Lord to bless that relationship that we have with each other. I hope that our relationship with each other is not just mundane or just happenstance. Don't you rejoice when you have a good neighbor? You have a good neighbor that you get to know and love. Isn't that great? great? But do you know the fellowship of the church is all the more precious? And it's all the more dear because you come together with the body of Christ and there you find encouragement. There you find communion not only with the Lord, but you find communion of the Spirit of God in the life of His people with each other. Has not the Lord ministered to you ever among God's people? Do you know what communion is all about? Communion is your personal union with Christ in faith and trust. In you, in you, Lord, alone, I have put my faith and my trust by Your grace in me. But Lord, also Your people are a blessing. They are called one. They are called the bread. They are called the body of Christ. That is You. That is You. Lord, do we have communion with You today? Do we have communion with each other? May those things spark in your heart and in your life an understanding of what coming to the Lord's table is all about. It's very practical and very precious and very needful in our lives. You know, sometimes I just need a warm body. I love love talking to the Lord, but sometimes I I just love some of you just to talk to. Because sometimes life's not easy. And some of my Christian brothers and sisters are closer to me than my own brothers and sisters. That's a strange thing to say. Because my heart finds an affinity and oneness with the body of Christ. That I'm compelled, I have no choice. I must needs find my consolation among the body of believers. And boy, sometimes it can be really beautiful. And I pray that you would know the joy of it in your lifetime. If you're moving back and forth and not sure. I encourage you to pray earnestly about your relationship to Christ and to His church. What is your commitment to Christ today? Do not say that you trust Christ. and You just bypass His church and you have no regard for it. May God have mercy. May God have His blessings in our life as we come to His table. May we come. May you come, because of you belong to Christ, and you belong to His church. Let's pray together, Lord. We thank you for Your Word here in First Corinthians, and it is worthy of taking note, Lord, that You call us and remind us that is is not a partaking of, of, uh, of, of this juice. Is it not a partaking of the blood of Christ, a participation and a part of a union with? As we eat this bread, is it not breaking the bread among a body in which we share Christ together? And Lord, that is completely in contrast to the things that the world does and regards, we regard as idols. Lord, we pray that you would help us to guard our hearts this morning, to look carefully into your word. And as we come to this table, may we come, Lord, in communion with you in the Lord's name in communion with each other. In Jesus' name I pray.